I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. Lift off and the clock has started. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Simon Spirituality. This is the second part of a two-part episode, so if you guys haven't checked out part one yet, I uh, highly recommend you go check it out, just because we're picking up right in the middle of, well, a conversation basically. So everyone, go ahead and check out that episode. As we are coming to the close of 2023 and venturing into 2024, well, such as the title suggests, I just want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world right now, because we do touch on this towards the end of the episode, but uh, I just want to make it clear that I stand on behalf of humanity. I think that it is very important for us to treat everyone with nothing but the utmost kindness. I'm sorry, nothing but the utmost kind, kind, kindnessness, kind, kindness. There we go. Sorry, it's getting late. And do I dare say, operate with the golden rule of treat others the way you would want to be treated. So I just, I hope that that is the place that we can find ourselves as we enter into 2024 and beyond. And with that said, if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the past life regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to begin. And again, I think thankfully, I'm not going to say corruption is just going to go away, but I do think it's going to, it's going to bite them in the ass in a way that people didn't expect. It's just going to turn the power tables in favor of other people. It doesn't mean that it's inherently good. It just simply means that the people who currently have power and what they embody, if they don't embody the power that's associated with Aquarius, which is like group representation democracy all those things are associated with aquarius then like i'll give you an example last time Pluto was in aquarius it really sucked if you were like a dictator or a tyrant like it really sucked to be you and i'm not saying that everyone kind of that's a very one person's leader is another person's tyrant we'll just put it like that so we can that's worth like not to take what i say out of context but like um <laughs> i do think that anyone who thinks like oh my god are we going to return to those types i'm like no if anything we're gonna go to mob rule and we're already seeing that cancel culture is a bitch like we're already seeing these things so anything that people are worried about we're already seeing a lot of it and the big things we haven't seen yet are just things that have yet to come like again i've heard a few astrologers say trump was going to get in office in 2024 grover cleveland uh his north node in 10th house similar to trump and he had jupiter and gemini and not no not jupiter and gemini it was uh, i think jupiter and taurus or aries or something but it was still in his 10th house and that was the only president in U.S. history that re- ran for office, got office, didn't run the next time, and then ran the following time. The only time in history. And I saw something similar in Trump's chart. But I just don't think it's going to be as simple as him being Grover Cleveland or all these other presidents. I think it's just these things kind of overlap here. And so I, I'm not saying it's positive because I will say he's got a, 
there's a lot of there's <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna quit talking there because i feel like i don't want to get myself in trouble <laughs> And well, I, I mean, if, if you're just, if you're talking based off of your assessment that you're looking at it impartially and objectively, that's okay. I mean, yeah, you still like, piss people off, but. Right. Hey, let's just hope I'm wrong. Right. Like, like I, I'm like, guys, if I'm wrong, bet, 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 please let me be wrong. But like I was wrong about the 2020 election, for example, but to be fair, I really didn't put much of an assessment in it. I just kind of winged it. But this go around, I did my due diligence. And I will say the Supreme Court is going to get more of a makeover above everyone else. Um, we are at least going to get a new justice. And if the Republicans get power again, I do think what's going to happen is there's going to be a flip. Like two unexpected vacancies where now the court suddenly flipped, right? Where Roe versus Wade and all these other things are get readdressed. Oh, you mean like where the Democrats will lose two seats or something? Or no, two, Republicans, two, because... Well, they already got... I mean, Democrats only got what, Tom, three I mean, seats right now. Obviously, Thomas is the most obvious, and I don't wish anything on him. I mean, I wish for safety and well-being. I'm just saying that, you know, I think he's battling cancer. He's very old. Like, not not to be rude, dude. Not not to put an ego on, but I think you, you, you're older than my grandparents. So, I mean... Well, it's just... Look, this is one of those things where... I mean, and... And Jay, let's just also call a spade a spade. I'm sorry that you know you're you're worried about being perceived as ageist right now, but it, it <laughs> you know if someone is right. on the older <laughs> side, it is factual that there's a higher right. likelihood of them passing away than someone who's younger. It's not you being eight; it's right. just you. I just had to really make that clear. Well, because I <laughs> oh she's ageist oh. Oh, we got to cancel her. She's ageist. She doesn't like old people. It's like, first of all, if anything, like I got sat in my seventh house. First of all, I find a lot of value in that wisdom. And oh, there's something to be said it. about about wisdom and, and experience. Yeah, but, you know, I, right. I, I, that's the part of cancel culture that I'm against. It's like where you got to skirt around. Well, I'm a part against a lot of it. But where you can be like, oh, God, I, I, can't, I can't call him old. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say right. that he'll I mean, be the one to go because he's the oldest one there and he's may not be in the best health. Right. I mean, he's been hospitalized a few times over the last few years. I mean, we can, like you said, call a spare spade and just kind of put two yeah. and two together. And like, eventually life happens. Right. And again, it could be that he gets so tired with that shit that he's like, I'm done. I'm out. Well, and... I guess it's, yeah, I, I think that's sorry for jumping in again, because this is no, sure. I guess I'm doing a lot of projecting today. This is also one of my pet peeves with a lot of what I see in this sphere is there is a lot of emotional projection that's placed upon yes. predictions and assessments. And I think that there's a lack of awareness on many talking heads, we'll call it, or figures or practitioners who aren't aware that they are putting such a bias into Oh my gosh. Whatever it may be. Look, I'm guilty of it in some respects. I'm not perfect. I'd like to think I have a little more self-awareness, but I'm sure that there are some places where like I'm, I'm, I'm even in this podcast, I've done my best, you know, to, just to keep everything neutral and whatnot. But I think oh. that that's important to to take into consideration when when you are seeking out predictions based off of astrology or whatever it may be is to also ask for receipts, mm -hmm. such as what NJ's doing. Absolutely. She's using a historical basis 
to say, this is why I'm making this prediction. This is why I'm saying this. I may be wrong, but if you look at the patterns, if you look at the facts, this is what happens. This person, sure, not saying I want them to go, but they're old, may not be the best health. So it's factual. You know, it's not you being PC. It's calling a spade a spade. And so I think that that's important. And that's one of the things I just really want to stress to everyone is just be aware that everyone is human. But who's who's acting more alien than human? Not that joke. Uh, just, you know, who's who's holier than thou and who's who's showing you receipts. So, right. Like yeah. I caught a vibe and my vibes are always right. And it's like, look, hey, I'm not I'm not saying don't trust your intuition. Like some people got some pretty interesting, spooky intuition, you know, and they deserve the credit words too. Just and I have it, too. But there's another part of me like I just don't. And hey, maybe it doesn't make me as interesting, but you know what? Like, there's another part of me that feels very responsible for not going on my vibes. But I will say the Trump one came, came with a vibe. That one was like, that was partly by partly history backed. Uh, that one's like, like, I just think something batshit is about to happen. Like, it doesn't have to be inherently destructive or horrible. I mean, it is. Uh, but the thing is, if he gets in office, it's not going to be like, oh, now we got a tyrant in office. It's over. It's like, no, it's going to get so messy. Like, what's going to happen is like, like I said, whether some like all those things happen, if he doesn't, he's going to be Speaker of House and just like nothing is ever going to get done <laughs> until people just say, we are so sick of this. And like, which Gen Z is probably going to, I will say that they got that Mars retrograde next year, trining their natal Pluto and Sagittarius and Mars and Leo, trining Pluto and Sagittarius. I speak as a Gen Zer. We sick of the shit. Sick yeah, of it. You're, you're on the border. <laughs> if there is a true yeah, cusp, no, it's you sir. for that one. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I don't believe in cusp necessarily for sun signs when it comes to a natal chart, but but the generations, I think that there's some overlap. So no, I agree. Yeah, yeah I was born Pluto direct in Sagittarius, uh, zero degrees. Exactly. <laughs> so um, yeah, t- by technical astrological. Technically, you are then yes. a Gen Zer. Right. Technically, right. But I can understand where some Gen Zers they're like, you kind of like weirdly sandwiched between that millennial and Gen Z experience. Like, for example, like I like the Gen Z experience, like I really do relate to that more, but I can see where I'm not like the, the younger cohort of Gen Z. They are the ones who got a lot of fucking golf. Holy shit. <laughs> Fearless. <laughs> like, and not even the best ways, good ways and bad ways. I'll kind of say that. But they they the ones that are going do some shit if they gonna really set pack a punch on that one oh, uh I, but I <laughs> say what it's like that concerns it should. i mean the, like you know well, I'm, I'm 37 i don't consider myself to be super old but i do find myself at that place now where i'm saying oh these damn kids and i wonder eh. what people were thinking of because i'm a i'm an older millennial because it's it's interesting how the generations really do coincide with pluto and oh yeah uh, so I, I believe, I mean, it, I think it varies, but I think the general consensus is that the millennial generation was 82 to 96. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm an older millennial being born in, in 86, but I wonder, I'm like, did the Gen Xers and boomers think that my generation was this stupid? And I mean, maybe many respects we were. Or to fair, boomers think they're the only smart ones. There's a reason, like they are the way that they are. Like, it's oh, like, not all like, boomers. Well, I know. Keep, I mean, they stop are a huge, wa- watch huge a Gen Z generation. The Gen Z. Oh god, the boomers. 
<laughs> but to be fair, I mean, their generation is so huge that the way they get represented is just kind of like on a statistical level, like, right, like you got to think like their generation before age and life took its course. I mean, they were like three times the size of the average, like their birth, they were a baby boom generation, like the birth rates skyrocketed, like three times more than like what our generation is. Like, that's why to this day, they're like literally the same size as us, despite like us being young, we're like, what the- <laughs> well, it's a, yeah, it's because they're so huge. Start, so it's start looking at the sociology there, and <laughs> as yeah. you know, we talked about earlier, it, we may understand why that is. Right. <laughs> why the yeah, generations I mean, maybe resources? <laughs> yeah, you know, more expensive yeah. to raise children, and, and yeah, higher to climb up the ladder. You know, these these. Oh, that's issues. what I say about Pluto and Leo. Because boomers are Pluto and Leo, and it's an exalted Pluto, which means they had all the power and resource, like, literally. Like, they have, like, what, over 50-something percent of generational wealth, despite them only making up, like, 15% of the population. And I know people are like, that doesn't sound like that much. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. That is an astronomical amount of wealth. (laughs) Look, well, while it it may be, I do wonder, and you probably be more well-suited to answer this than me, because I actually don't know. What did it look like with the generation before the boomers? Because I think we'll be able to say the same thing about Gen X after because the boomer wealth will pass down to Gen X and millennials because my parents are are boomers. So Uh will will inheritance bulk that up? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we're, we're like uh, experts already said it. We're on the way of having the largest wealth transfer in human history. Uh, that's going to go to these younger generations. Uh, so there is that. It's just that um, when you're looking at the nature of Pluto and Leo, yeah, baby boom from one Leo ruling children and birth and fertility, but also it was like kind of a very me, me, me generation. Uh, like, you know, they only care about their needs only, like literally millennials would express something that was wrong. And then like, why do you have to make everything about you? And then millennials are like, can you not ask yourself that question? And like, they just didn't, like that was the downfall, but they are also very, they were the creative revolutionaries. I will give them that credit, but we don't talk about boomers. I know we're talking about predictions here. Cause I know that, um, it's okay. It's all, you've got, you've got a time, you've got a timeline here for the, for our chat chat. So, because you know, we're going to have plenty more episodes where you're going to have plenty, plenty in detail. But yeah, what else? Like, do, do we want to know? Like, what else? Any thoughts? What you, you got? Add? I don't predictions? know. Yeah, because I I don't know what's on your list, though. So. so I listed all the big ones. Uh, surprise attack, likely the U.S. If not, it could be something like China invading Taiwan, right? Uh, something of that nature, which is pretty predictable. But a lot of experts are predicting it would happen in like a few years. But I think it's going to happen. That's going to be the surprise. Is that it happens way sooner? It could also, uh, yeah, the Donald Trump thing, like, he is not going away. He's going to go and continue to be a thorn in our ass. So, um, whether I'll be it <laughs> by election or by Speaker of the House, the Speaker of the House, you do not have to be in Congress to be elected Speaker. You just had to have the majority vote to be Speaker of the House. So, he could be Speaker if he really... And I'm not saying the legal troubles will still catch up with him, but that's the thing about our law system, and that's what's going to reveal a lot of flaws to us, is that how much we've allowed those loopholes and how we've allowed people these specific specific types of people to abuse those loopholes where his leadership is going to make us completely reform everything in a good way not i'm not saying we're going to destroy the constitution i'm not saying that i'm saying like people are look at each other like so you know let's make sure that never happens again (laughs) it's going to change in that sense so 
it's a lot to look forward to. I will say that it's going to be good on a personal level, like uh, outside of politics. And I always remind people that politics and the extremities of politics that happen is not always going to reflect it on a personal level. Like, don't let when you hear these predictions think, oh, does that mean my year's going to go bad? It's like, well, I mean, yeah, we're all going to be affected by these things. But it doesn't necessarily mean you don't have the choice to make. Okay, I'm not going to say you don't have a choice. Okay, that's kind of um, vague there. We can, you can have the choice to make things in a, like, you you can focus on yourself. Like, no one's saying we've got to go out now that Pluto's Aquarius is revolutionary. Because, you know, there's a lot of those expectations. Everyone needs to be the activist now. So much that activists themselves are telling people to do the work by educating themselves. And I'm looking at them like, is that not your job? No offense. Like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't want people to speak up and urge them that they should do it if they want to, for example, right? They want to do these things. They want to step up. They want to play their part. Uh, that's how you engage people. But like activism today, it's just about who can say the most bold shit. Like with the, you've hear, you've been hearing a lot of that going on right now. So it's just like, people are like, oh yeah, well, if I talk about genocide, obviously I'm better than you. Obviously I'm more moral. I'm more empathetic. And it's like, that's not really, that's a very simplified way of looking at it, but okay. And activism just expects everyone to be the hero. And I have to remind people that's not what Pluto and Aquarius means. <laughs> it means that eventually we're going to learn that everyone has an individual responsibility, but even within those communities, there's always going to be leadership. And that that this leadership, like I talked about with Anime, we need that leadership now more than ever. Oh my God, we have lacked good leadership for decades. I mean, well, maybe technical series, centuries. But in recent memory, think about it, like I'm not saying everyone thinks Reagan was the best president, for example, and I'm not saying that huh? we want to put opinions on that. I'm just saying that there were a lot of in, unintended consequences of his leadership, whether or not those that was directly his fault or not, whether people want to blame him or not. Is it Reagan? Yeah, it's the fact that trickle down economics absolutely played into the Pluto and Capricorn themes that we saw of oh, yeah. the opportunity for very few just to mass stupid wealth for from doing absolutely very little. And like literally doing nothing, not playing their part, not giving back social, playing their parts with social responsibility in Pluto and Aquarius. And that's what people are going to learn Pluto and Aquarius. Like in Pluto and Capricorn, you heard the keyword deconstruct. You heard everyone with activism talk about deconstruction. And with woke culture, that is the downside. Everyone thinks that it's everyone's responsibility to make these big changes. I'm like, no, we just need to urge it on a personal level. Mm -hmm. You know, these little conversations you have, the little interactions, the little things you do in life add up. And so it's not about going out there and being, I mean, unless you want to be the next big hero, I'm not going to stop. And going. when you go to therapy, talk about your childhood. Before you go to but, any of that, please go to therapy and talk about to, your childhood. Talk about your childhood, not world events with your therapist. Right. And then if you want to go do something about it after, because I actually do think a lot of people have not dealt with their personal grievances and they're projecting, yeah. like you said, they're projecting that onto their assessment of the situations. And again, I'm not saying that my predictions are going to be contrary, right? Like if I end up nailing those, I'm going to actually have my jaw utterly to the ground. Like it's not that I don't believe these things could happen. I just feel like based on the, because astrologers doing this, we do it largely, partly, okay, not largely, partly for entertainment purposes, partly to raise awareness. But, you know, I do, there's a lot of things I refrain from not saying because there's just not things that everyone needs to hear anyway. So, like, I think it's going to be utter chaos. And, I mean, for, depending on who you ask, it can be a good thing, especially for the people who are craving change, dude. Everyone's wanting change right now. Everyone is so excited for change. So it's like, uh, Pluto and Aquarius, I'll tell you what, you're going to get that. Aquarius might be a fixed sign, but one thing it does, it changes society. It's like, okay, I'm not going to change myself, but I am going to change the world around me. 
okay, I'm, I'm, I'm entitled to who I am. I'm entitled, like, that's more the fixed energy of Aquarius. I'm entitled to my beliefs and my ideas. I'm entitled to those things, but I guess, aren't we all technically? <laughs> like, it's kind of that. Well, therefore, all we can do at this point is play our individual roles. So just reassure people, and I'll let you kind of add whatever thoughts you want to, uh, any questions, but that's just what I want people to know. Because there's a lot of pressure, God, a lot of pressure for people to do more when they don't have to do more. They just, it's just good to know this information. I i mean, I second that. And I just want to reiterate again how important I believe it is to learn history. Something didn't just start yesterday. Nope. I mean, I think NJ still is the prime example of this, of looking back at the patterns of these previous transits and seeing straight up what were the patterns that were at play? What are the patterns that emerge? And then making an assessment based off of those patterns. But I mean, Mm -hmm. you go back many years. I mean, look, I don't know if we've ever had this conversation, but something tells me there may be times when you actually go back hundreds of thousands of years when you're looking at some of these bigger things. Am I off on that one? No, you're not. (laughs) You're actually not. And I'll give you a fun example, because when I was looking at Uranus and Taurus and putting those patterns together, because before 1940s, like I think it was 1935, 1942, then before that Uranus and Taurus happened from, you know, obviously the Civil War, before Civil War, sorry, I think 1852, 1859, something like that. And then finally, or not finally, just the one I looked at after that was 1688. And that was the Glorious Revolution. And so when I looked at what happened around that time there were i'm not mistaken there was a i i know for a fact there was a uranus north node conjunction in taurus and we had that same transit happen in august 2022 and it had mars involved in that and that's when you notice the great resignation happened like everyone just quit their jobs everyone's like the hell with this system we're over it and that is revolution people don't realize that is revolution and so what the glorious revolution was known for was being the quote bloodless revolution so that should give some people some peace of mind there and that again that was 1688 1689 that was also noted as the financial revolution so we are going to undergo we're already undergoing that financial revolution but 2024 is when those things are really going to be evident those market changes are going to be very evident. The industries like that have collapsed are really going to start collapsing, but it doesn't mean the world's going to collapse. It just means that new industries are finally going to emerge. That could be opportunities for some people. So a lot of opportunities on a personal level for a lot of people, but people have to understand that while we don't like all this mess to happen at large, when it does, it gives us more of a need to do something and be something and create more sense of purpose, whatever it is, right? So there is that. It's going to be, it's, everything's going to be, I'm just going to say, yeah, it'll be okay. Yeah. I I don't know if that's very promising. I don't know if my voice is very convincing on that one, but we do need to mentally prepare that this is going to be a very, very loaded year. It's going to be a lot. For the young, I'm say for the younger demographics, just for everyone. I don't want to sound like I'm being too preachy right now, but I think substantial changes also happen on the micro level when you're still aware mm-hmm. of of what comes first. Because if you look at some of the most prolific world leaders throughout history, especially the ones who rose to power and prominence, not as a blood right. And you look at the circumstances that put them there, and a lot of them coming from nothing, there were actions that transpired there that had an effect uh-huh. on the entire world. But it's also not just about the actions of that person. It's about 
the actions of the people who shaped that person. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. So if you need to be the hero, I would encourage you to ask yourself why. Why do you need mm -hmm. that? And if you want to make a change, say, why are you doing it? What's your driving force? Uh-huh. Have a lot of intentionality moving forward. That's a big one, too. Like, there's a need for authenticity, especially with the North and Aries. Mm -hmm. It's okay to sit there and say, I'm not doing it because I don't want to do it. Okay, mm -hmm. you're more valid saying that than just doing something and be like, well, I did it all wrong because honestly, I don't want to do this. I'm being forced to do it. And it's like, well, don't do it. <laughs> so eventually you got to make the choice. I mean, unless it's something that's a necessity, like a baseline necessity, then obviously there's context there. But yeah, I guess um, on that note, what else is worth addressing? Um, I guess well, I kind of one, covered a big chunk. One other thing, yeah, I just I want to share is... yeah. As I reflect back on 2023 now, while we still have a little more than a month to go, I think the most important thing I've realized is that I'm smart enough to know that I'm ignorant. Yeah. So that's usually how it goes. I just, that's what they say. I want everyone to think about that. Are you smart enough to know that you're a fing idiot? Sorry, I, I said that. That shouldn't have gone that far. All right. Sorry, it's the cynicism. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Aquarius rising. Sorry, guys. It's snarky, but love it. Yeah, I guess that's snarky. me saying that about, about myself, too, because <laughs> even with all these these historical moments that we've talked about as, as the basis for what we've chatted about today, there's a lot that I could have said that I didn't say because I wasn't mm -hmm. sure about it. Same thing. And even those right. parts where I wasn't sure, I said, I'm not sure about this. I don't know enough about this. this but so, but NJ, what do you have? Like, so it's knowing what I know and knowing what I don't know. And right. I think that that's important as we move into this new era of Pluto and Aquarius. So I'm not telling you to know your place as much as know your history. Know mm -hmm. what came before you. I mean, there was one thing you brought up about the leaderless component. The only similarities that I can draw in my lifetime would be the Occupy movement. Yeah. Well, look, I, I am not, I am not, a, you know, <laughs> I'm not a, a civil, I, well, yes, I believe in civil rights, but I, I am not a social justice warrior. That's, let's put it that way. I am right. not, Me I feel that my contribution to, educating and helping the world is through a platform such as this It's saying like, Hey, let's take a step back and look at this a different way than most people are doing in this vein. And right. also understanding what came before. So if you want to go out there and change things with Pluto and Aquarius, look at where these movements have gone wrong before and where people have gotten themselves into trouble by their own doing. Oh, yeah. And, understand history so that's my way of also telling you understand what you're talking about right now when you are going out there in the world and putting shit out there don't just get educated off of tiktok or instagram understand right. what you're talking about if someone says something started at this point look back and see what started before then and that what happened before that massive event or what happened before that massive event what were the catalysts that led to that because mm -hmm. the way I look at past life regression 
is that is my way also of helping the world because it's not necessarily about the person who I'm working with, but it's about their lineage. It's about if a shift happens with one of my clients and then they raise their offspring differently and so on and so forth. If you go down the generations, who knows what would happen with that person in the hundredth generation? Could be they, they be the person that saves the human mm-hmm. race ultimately. And all because right. we're working on a micro level, but also understanding what came before. And one of the things that NJ recently put out on Instagram that her and I were talking about before was how important it is to understand sociology if you are working in the spiritual arena. And I couldn't agree more because you have to have a deeper understanding of the world around you and not just the Palladians or the Arcturians or mm-hmm. or a Tiger Pose or whatever it may or Reiki. You need to understand the world around yeah. you. So that's with predictions. That's what I... I hope to impart on everyone. Yeah, and I think a lot of people disagree with that just because a lot of well, times the sociology gets associated. Yeah, they get associated with like, oh, you mean Marx? Marx is like, they get very associated with Marx's sociology and then they kind of have that narrowness of that's what sociology, no, sociology is some good, good stuff. Like, it is so fun. Like, it's so hard not to deep dive when you're in the spirit space. But, you know, a lot of people radicalize in this space as well because, you know, there's a lot of high expectations for activism and standing for justice and what's right and ethical and with that kind of comes the how do I want to put it in today's time with the new age ism and all that other stuff like people they want to talk about systems but they want to talk about systems they don't understand mm-hmm. and they want to talk about deconstructing systems but then somehow tie it back to something that might be relevant in one sense but it's not the big picture it's not necessarily the only way of looking at it. Like there's a lot that goes into sociology. I, I'm more of a fan of a Durkheim rather than Marx for anyone who's interested in learning more about sociology. He's more, he has a very, cause his, he came from a lineage of rabbis, but he actively opted out. He was, he wasn't very religious. Uh, Durkheim wasn't, but he was very engaged in spirituality. And so he spent most of his life from a sociological perspective, trying to understand spirituality, trying to understand systems. Why do these things work? How does solidarity work? How do all these things work? Like, it's crazy that people don't know much about Durkheim. He is a very, very powerful mind in sociology. who's very temperate and fair-minded. He's not like Marx, who's like, you know, in Marx is considered radical. I mean, not in a bad way. It's just he's considered radical. Uh, Durkheim's a little more sensible and fair and a little more, in the middle. He's the one that actually coined the term anime, animoke, suicides, all those other things that represent a state of normlessness that gives people, he's the one that emphasized the role of community groups. So if anyone's going to go into sociology, I need to make that clear because a lot of people think I'm not. No, Marx is horrible. I'm like, no, Marx is definitely questionable, <laughs> but keep an open mind in that sense, because it, it can help you in your spiritual practice. It can help you with your political predictions. It can help you with so, like, it helps me with my political pr- predictions, for example. Like, not only are you understanding history, you're understanding, well, what system is it working with it now versus then? Like, there is a lot more in sociology helps you understand how does the system work now? So, and it does, it's, those are questions that philosophy can't actually answer. They can give you the reference point, but they can't give you the answer. Sociology comes in and get, lets you at least expand on it and explore so people need like i mean not need to i can't tell you you need to do anything but (laughs) you know what i mean i think y'all should definitely keep an open mind (laughs) Durkheim, that's who 
Right. And as we talked about earlier, the question I would ask someone who says that they don't want to learn sociology because, you know, Karl Marx is where does sociology come from? Not where, Karl Marx. <laughs> right. Where are the roots of sociology? So, you know, it's Durkheim the, is actually. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. Durkheim's the founder, father, not Marx. Go ahead. Sorry. Right, yeah. So but that that's what I would ask someone who said that they don't want to learn sociology for that, because that would show me that they don't really have an understanding of what sociology is and it's its origins and it's un mm -hmm. it's important to understand where something came from or it started if you're going to fully understand it and not make some stupid ass snap decision of i'm not going to learn this because well you know Karl marx sorry that's right, like marx was actually by he founded critical theory he founded um what you would say critical sociology he was even though he came before durkheim he just didn't he his work did not have the sociological impact that durkheim did durkheim coined terms that were like that, like collective effervescence. No one has no clue that it's that feeling that you share in a religious or spiritual space of community and unity is called effervescence. It's where you feel very pleasantly united. Like, there, like there's like that, there's almost euphoric in a way. Like, and you see that in masses, like religious masses, church, you see it in like covens, witch covens, you see those types of dynamics across, right? It's called effervescence. He actually puts words to so many terms like, oh, that's what that's called. Like he's the one that coined a lot of those terms. Anime. Wait, living in a society of normlessness and lawlessness and just lack of like order of all sorts. It's like, yes, it's called anime. And he put all those words to that. And so when you look at it from that, it's like, oh, these have a lot of astrological benefits of understanding, too, because it allows you to understand what you're actually predicting because a lot of people, they get too comfortable with patterns, so they make very straightforward. Like in my case, I'm not saying like the history I was referencing is not going to happen verbatim. It is going to have a lot of different context to it. And that's, that's what people understand in sociology also that. So, yeah. anyways, I could rant about that all day. <laughs> and I'm also smart enough to know that I was projecting a bit there with being upset with people who, who don't understand what the hell they're talking about and <laughs> acting like they do so using, no i understand using my platform to kind of maybe push that a little bit i know i know and then i'm the educator who's like it's okay if you don't know but how about y'all stop talking for a second with someone who is at least not me exactly but the educators of society at least break it down and then you can make an opinion on the personal after that you know so but yeah you we're about to do something revolutionary on the podcast right now. And okay. all transparency, as the audience knows, I record these out of order. So there are some episodes that will be aired a year from now that I've already recorded. And this particular episode will be coming out very shortly because, well, predictions. And, you know, this is actually okay. probably the first timely or time sensitive episode that I've <laughs> recorded on the show. Same. So. There is a game right Amazing. now that I'm going to debut. This will be the first episode where it's appearing, although I've recorded it with many episodes for seasons four and five already. So, NJ, you are going to be the first official person with the Ow. release of the What Have You Learned game. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. The What Have You Learned in game. Okay. But uh, what have you learned in the last game? So you know, I, I'm still ironing out the, the branding for it. So uh -huh. as we're now introducing this, the concept of the game is I have this little baggie here where you see, you see it. I need to maintain mm -hmm. the integrity of the game. So as you see, I, I don't know what are on these little, these four little sheets. 
better in this little okay. baggie. But, well, I do know. I just don't know which is which. And uh-huh. there are different periods of time that are on these these little pieces of paper. So I'm going to okay. randomly select one of these pieces of paper, and I'm going to tack it on at the end of that question of what have you learned in the last? So as you see, maintain the integrity of the game. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I uh-huh. don't know what I'm. I see my <laughs> I hand. See I see it. My hands out. I am witness. I, I, I bear know. witness. Yes. I'm closing my <laughs> eyes. Closing my eyes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I'm taking my hand out one more time, and then I'm gonna stick it in one more time. And let's see. So, as the first official release of the "What Have I Learned in the Last Month?" Oh no, wait. I did this wrong. See, this is. I got it. It's totally wrong. And I've done this before already. Are you ready? I, it's not what have you learned. <laughs> this is where I'm such an idiot too. <laughs> the game is how have you grown in the last month? Sorry, not what have you learned. Oh, how have you? Okay. So NJ, how have you grown in the last month? Oh, that's such a great question. I think it's, um, I would definitely say, you know, it's funny because early on this month especially like right around you know october 7th when the astrology got volatile not just on a political level but like just on a personal level for a lot of people or just at least became a lot and in that space i kind of got like this weird reflection of like certain behaviors well i've overcome a lot of them like it could be you know accidentally patronizing people who don't know better or whatever it is and as the, a lot of these events unfolded, even though I wasn't getting necessarily nailed left or right, other than like maybe some occasional Twitter drama from like something really stupid that happened early on in the Astro community, but that's literally, anyways, um, I don't know what that affect me. But kind of in that process, it made me take a step back when I'm usually ready to defend myself. And I got always got an argument like I've learned to pick my argument power, why, like my argument wisely because when i come in i come in for the full kill right so i'm like well this time i had to learn to shut the hell up okay i had to (laughs) i had to learn okay sometimes when you're talking you can't listen so you have to pick one right that was the biggest lesson i've learned over the last month and that's when i kind of started getting new empathy like for example when people are demanding everyone to speak out about what's going on blah 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 i'm like okay if there's anything valuable i've learned it's that sometimes people who know what they're talking about letting them have the space to talk about it. And then you just listen. It's great. And I had had to learn to do that. And in turn, I kind of learned a lot about myself. I learned about like having more empathy for other people. It's not that I wasn't empathetic. It's just my logic. It's the best to me. Sometimes my technicalities, you know, all that good stuff. And um, I had to learn that sometimes everything is more personal than what facts or logic will allow us to comprehend. And so as I was holding space for people, whether it was through consultations, yes, I had to learn how to just eventually not add input unless it's asked for. (laughs) And if it is, it needs to be productive, constructive, something that's going to actually help or else like, you know, because a lot of people are using their voices just to scream and be heard, not necessarily to actually convey a solid point. And so I guess the question here now for you is over this last month, since I guess that's a great timeline we got to address is there anything you've learned daniel for the uh, i guess regarding your own little experiences or just what you've been observing the fuck this is my show you're not supposed to ask me that question but i guess in all fairness i have you know what (laughs) that's the thing if i'm gonna dish it i better be able to to take it too yeah i thought that Hmm. was like etiquette i'm just kidding 
I actually want to know. If I mean, you don't have to get too specific if you don't want to. If you're just like, honestly, mood. I've been learning to take it easy. I don't know. No pressure. Well, I like that so, little uh, shot. Uh, you, you just take a little shot at me there, which maybe you didn't. But I, I was like, that was kind of cool where you said about patronizing people who don't know as much as you do or something like that. I just found that funny. Oh, it's something I have to cope with. Like, maybe it wasn't pa- actively yeah, remind I mean, not, not a shot at me. I didn't take it. Yeah, that was just like, oh, mirror. Uh, <laughs> so what have I learned in the last month? Because like with this, with the whole episode has been a lot of the time. Is me, I the the voice I was doing was a little patronizing. Oh, like, no, it actually wasn't. Um, in my case, no. Sometimes I get so passionate to the point of aggression. I I got to be self aware. Like I got to be a sun and moon, so I get very passionate, very very passionate. What are we? I was thinking about what I've learned in the last month, and okay. well. I think it was that expression that really came up for me in the last month is I'm smart enough to know that I'm I'm ignorant. But beyond that, it's maybe seeing where in the service of practicality and restraint, I have limited my emotional response. Okay. And, I can relate to that. You know, that being what's going on in the Middle East right now. Mm-hmm. I've, I've brought this up on the for. I'm sorry. I've brought this up on the show before. I am Jewish. Mm-hmm. And. Oh, yeah, you've told me that. I understand that I'm Jewish. But that I also don't fully understand what's going on over there, even though I've been to Israel a couple times. I have many friends who mm-hmm. live there. I have friends who got out of the country once all this started mm-hmm. to happen. I believe by being Jewish. And I don't want this to sound self-righteous, but also being there multiple times, that may give me a little bit more of an understanding of someone who who has never been there before, mm-hmm. uh, as someone who understands history a little more than a lot of people. I think that also gives me an edge, but it's mm-hmm. also, I think this is where also my Aquarius rising comes into play. I, I believe in people. Yes, absolutely. And as long as no one is being outright malicious, I believe that everyone deserves to have their voice heard, even if I disagree with it. Mm-hmm. But it's also been... Because I wonder if over the years, if I have become desensitized to anti-Semitism because... When I think of myself first and foremost, I think of myself as a human, not as a Jew. It's something that I'm proud of, but I don't... If someone were to ask me, who is Daniel? I would not in that... I mean, I I would... You know, whatever that answer is, I wouldn't answer with, I'm a Jew. If I was asked directly, I would say it, but that's just not the way I... My mind works with identification... Right. And and my heart breaks for everyone being hurt throughout this conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that there is much more nuance than we are all being presented with. Oh, yeah. I understand the history goes back much longer than 1917. Regardless of who is right or wrong, 
my frustration with the situation right now is that people are forming their opinions based off of a history that goes back to either 1917 or 1947, 48. And where this is where I, I, I understand that there is going to be some form of a natural bias that I have. As much as I like to believe that I'm impartial, right? I I want to remain Mm -hmm. as impartial as I possibly can, but I I also understand that I am affected by this to some extent. Right. And I just wish that that people did their due diligence and didn't become an expert after watching a 90-second TikTok video where they hit the the points over the last this has been the history for the last 75 years <laughs> this is what you know this right. and, and but that's that's what i've had to confront is have i turned that part of an, my own emotional reaction off because i i try to be more people oriented as opposed mm-hmm. to because I, I i don't want to side with one side or the other. I, I don't. And I don't mm-hmm. like the feeling of of the, the righteous. I don't even know if it's righteousness of if you're not taking a stand on one side or the other, like you're supporting this. I think it goes both ways. And I just, I want to go out there and, and shake everyone on both sides. Say people understand what <laughs> you're talking about. And I'm not even going to bring up words right now. But there are words that are be th- being thrown around right now where you people don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. Words and right. language have meaning behind them. There are real things going on that you can use other words to describe these things. But when you use certain words that don't mean what you're saying, then you are watering down those words and you are in flaming shit unnecessarily mm-hmm. so but that again this goes for both sides this isn't i'm not just you know it's not right. one or the other so it's what have i learned is that i think i've turned a part of my own emotional reaction off to a part of myself it's not a bad thing necessarily but it's just it's it's an awareness it's right it's the feeling of also what would my life have looked like had I made different choices? Because I believe the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm always going to be an advocate of peace. But as I said earlier, I'm a pragmatic idealist. And I understand that that may not be the world that we live in right now. So as much as I want to advocate on behalf of peace all around, and this is, I'm just saying in general, because I'm going somewhere with this, mm-hmm. that sometimes wars are necessary. Now, I'm not saying in this situation, I need to make that clear, but there have right. been moments throughout history where I think war has been necessary. Or part of the human and, condition, and we're just going to call it necessary. <laughs> right. And there was a feeling that I had the morning of October 7th when I read the news and this feeling lasted for all of mm-hmm. two seconds. And it was, I think I should go over there and join the military. 
That lasted for all of two seconds. I said, what am I doing? This is not me. But then as I sat with that later and I thought about time and I thought about the choices I've made in my life and how I wonder if there's a part of me that exists somewhere out there in some kind of fraction or or alternate choice universe, we'll call it, where I did make the choice, but I so I was feeling a fragment of myself in that moment. And I just wonder if there are parts that I've disassociated with from the whole of of the totality of who I am and oh, yeah. what have I shut off? And you know, what what do I need to feel more? So that's yeah, my long winded way of saying it's it was the reflection of why am I feeling what I'm feeling and why am I, more importantly, why am I not feeling certain things? You know, why, mm-hmm. am, why am I looking at this and saying that's, that's horrible and feeling really sad as opposed to, this is also what I, where I'm fearing the, fearing the cancel culture aspect. Why haven't I felt anger? That's something I need to ask myself. You know, why am I not? And that's still for both sides. Because I think what's also an important distinction is a government is not always representative of the people. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. We have that in our country every couple of years in the United States where another party comes into power. And shit, even if, you know, ideology that I'm more in line with happens to be in power at the time i may not always agree with the choices that they make so i am not the representation of those in power there is a difference those are people oh yeah as opposed to a people so i don't know if it's a bad thing that i'm not getting more angry and that i still am able to go on with my day because that is you know being jewish i'm more in in touch with Jewish people than most of the world is because, you know, the Jews are a very small population. And I see how a lot of my friends are being affected by this, not just the ones who had to literally pack mm-hmm. their shit and leave, but the friends of mine over in the States who are Jewish and who can't function because of what's going on. Like they're, mm-hmm. they, they have shut down and I, I get it, but I don't get it. But it's that's where I'm like looking is, yeah. So that that's what I've learned is that there may be parts of myself that I've turned off, that maybe I need to feel a little bit more, and maybe maybe a level head isn't always the best thing, because what kind of havoc is that wreaking or wrecking inside of me? If there, because how could I not be feeling angry? Because. I've been to those places on a trip that I went to in Israel 16 years ago. And on this trip, we stayed with a fam or not a family, but a village of people who lived in Gaza City that were Jews. But, you know, there was a, a Jewish exile that took place, I believe, back in 2005, 2006. So they sent they set up little little villages there then like makeshift ones Ooh. that were right near the border. And I, I don't know if those were the places that were attacked, but it's like I I was there. I was mm-hmm. in that area. So it's like I can remember those moments. I can remember seeing the children in those communities. I mean, those right. children who are probably in their 20s now, 
but it you know what i mean it's yeah so that's that's what i've learned is that there may be more parts of myself that i've shut off that i need to to feel more that can that can also coexist maybe like in part maybe it's not the whole reason i mean it can also keep in mind you've said it yourself like you're not we've got to understand that everyone processes emotions differently and yes rage is natural to express but I think a lot of people get shocked when they find out rage is so rare for a lot of people. Like um, me, I, I get angry very easily. I get over it very, very easily. You don't Whereas have any fire people, in your chart. Not me, not I. No. See, you got the sarcasm. Not I, not I. I don't have no fire, no fire. Just maybe you're just not someone who really tries to understand your emotions. Through the, I mean, you've got an Aquarius rising, Taurus, and Taurus man. So I mean, there's a lot of earth and air there. So you. It, you know, and I don't want to say that you're disconnected from it as much as it is that there is a kind of a logic to your emotion. So if you know that deep down you're going to hurt yourself and trying, and again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't confront these things. It's mm-hmm. a lot of Jews have actually said the same thing, uh, you know, Jewish, right? I, I'm actually, I answer this for me, like, is Jews the same as like blacks where people actually just want you rather you say Jewish or is Jews, Jewish people like, no, we're Jews. It's cool. Yeah. I don't how, how does that work? With it. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure like I'm. I, I don't like think it's a derogatory this. term at all. It's because okay. it's grammatically correct. The Jews, right? Like the Jews, the Christians, the Hindus. But I know where people Muslims. are coming from because it's different on a racial context. Because like think about the blacks and the whites. Like I don't know, maybe I'm just southern and I hear the accent when I hear the yellers are like the blacks. You know, like they like so I can understand black. Be like when you say blacks, like it just doesn't give a good vibe. Well, I guess but also I context matters then, right? Like right. damn Jews so with their beady noses and, or this. <laughs> Right. I didn't so I was know if like, it about was South one of those things. Bit. Yeah, I try to be respectful just by asking to begin with and moving from there. But yeah, like a lot of um, my Jewish friends have reported, they're like, no, I mean, what else do you do when the whole world alienates you? Like, and I, I, it can be on a cultural level, it can be on a lot of levels. It's just that eventually when you feel that isolated, you numb yourself. And it's not that you're numb as a person or anything. I'm just saying that, like you said, you're already someone who kind of puts that humanity first before that greater like that underlying jewish identity even if it's important to you it's just not something that necessarily like for some people like i I guess that's the humility of the birth chart right is that some people come into this life and they feel much more connected to that purpose whereas for you you have more of like that helpfulness that sounds like where you know you'd rather hold space for people like you don't really have that space to hold anger you'd rather like you said talk about it i don't care how much i disagree let's talk about it let's Let's use that voice. Let's do those things, right? And so you're probably already someone as a result who's not already going to get very, very, very angry to begin with, unless it's very incidental. But a lot of these people had a lot of underlying rage to begin with, because mm-hmm. for whatever that reason is, a lot of it justified, a lot of it not. It just depends on the person and the context. Like, for example, ripping down hostage posters, that's really shitty. Like, I'm, I'm actually shocked that people are, like, shrugging their shoulders, like, so what? Like, maybe you shouldn't, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's really, really shitty, you guys. Like, would you go to the local Walmart and rip down the missing posters of the people who put those up? I wouldn't, because I see them all the time in Walmart. So why would y'all go where someone put their loved ones, like, treat, like you said, treating them like they're human. Like, oh, these are, see them as missing posters of people who are hostages, because, you know, that sends, it's the message that it sends. People are like, okay, you act like that poster is going to bring them home. I'm like, no, it's the callousness that in it, when it comes to Jewish people, like no matter what is done, there's always, people always have that callousness, if not for like full out hate. And I can fully empathize with why, like you said, like using words carefully, 
I mean, I'm not going to say the word, the G word, as we know we were talking about, is wrong. I think it's important to put the word pretext in front of it before you just throw the word around, right? And like uh, the big one I heard is that if you're not speaking out against what's going on in Palestine, you're a genocide supporter. I'm like, do not go say that to a Jewish. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, it's okay to say, hey, you still know that there's two sides here, right? Like, it's okay to put that balance back, but to expect something this personal, like you said, you've already got a personal bias. And like, honestly, anyone who denies that they don't have one, they are so in line. And it's a, it's important for us just to all be brutally self-honest about that and saying, hey, I have bias and I'm entitled to that bias. This is I did. This is matters of existence, existence and identity. But for you, of course, because other parts of your identity are a little more important then it can see why you don't really feel rage as much in that sense. But yeah, I just wanted to reassure you in that sense, anyone who's listening, you know, anyone who's also Jewish or just listening, even if you're not Jewish or Palestinian, whatever, uh, there's a better way that we could be going at discourse. Like the way I have been seeing the, like we have absolutely failed like people, because people think support for the Israeli government on a political level, like you were saying, somehow reflects the support Jewish people are getting abroad. And that's not actually the reality at all. Actually, statistically speaking, I think, what is it, over 58, or not 58, like 51, 58, I can't remember which exactly number is, of hate crimes, particularly in the religious sense or whatever. It was 9% Muslims and Arabs, and then it was 51% Jews. That is an overwhelming significant difference. Mm -hmm. And people are just acting like those things don't exist. Like, they're just like, okay, well, and like you said, people are using words that they probably shouldn't be throwing around without adding, like settler is another big one. I got so much backlash for saying that. I was like, look, I'll say, I'll say that there's a legal occupation going on, but I'm also going to say you should probably be mindful that mm-hmm. I use the word settler before we throw it around. And then, when, you know, and those types of things. And people are just so volatile about it. And they've got to understand why <laughs> Jewish people feel so alone. You know, like, what, what, what's funny? What, what, what are we laughing at? <laughs> I mean, this is like where I'm going to piss off a lot of people. Again, I, I don't know enough about the issue to fully comment. So it's just my my basic understanding. But I'll just put it this way. I think bygones need to be bygones. With a lot of the shit. And that yes. some of... I understand the feeling of entitlement and the feeling of connection to places. But sometimes sand is just sand. So... Hey. You know, like settler is also a nice way of, of saying I come and kick you out of your home. <laughs> so it, right, no, which, I know, there's no lack, there's no better word here, right? Yeah, like, which is it's it's, it's let's, <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. Right, like it's, I'm not denying happened. that, but I think yeah, people don't add footnotes. Like, okay, before I say settler, let me make it clear that while there's a legal occupation going on, and therefore that makes him a settler. It's also one of those things when you're like, people are like, okay, well, that was like 4,000 years ago. That was 3,000, 2,000 years ago. Do you still care about the land? I'm like, everyone has a right to feel ancestrally connected to the land that they come from. Everyone is indigenous to somewhere. Even if they're not living there, if they're a citizen, resident, whatever, those things and those shaped, those lived experiences are a lot of times going to matter more with identity more than that sense of place. But for some people, that is more important to them. Mm-hmm. But it's just when people throw it around like they just say Jews, the settler Jews, like they don't say, oh, so by the way, in the illegally occupied territories of Palestine, there are illegal people settling there. Therefore, they're settlers like they're not adding that context. They're just like, oh, well, Jews have always been settlers. They're just doing what they've always done. And you're just like, OK, y'all better shut the hell up. Like that is so unnecessary. And it's actually, frankly, just getting wrong. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> and it's sensitive to the diaspora. So it's like, 
no, you can call out the Israeli government without being anti-Semitic. Like it's yeah. kind of, I don't know how people have lost that. Like, and it comes to show that the anti-Semitism is so much deeper than I could have ever imagined for people. Yeah. Like it's so internalized. And I, I've actually gotten into heated arguments with a uh, fellow, well, I'm biracial, but other BIPOC uh, biracials who try to think that basically they're, they can't be anti-Semitic. Their experience, lived experiences have been through racism and colonization. So therefore, they don't know what anti... I mean, they, they can't be anti-Semitic, right? They're the oppressed ones. And I'm like, okay, that truth coexists while saying that you are internalizing your anti-Semitism because mm-hmm. of a... I'm going to say honest. It's a, it goes back to similar to Asians with the model minority myth. You hate... There's a certain resentful hatefulness, resentful hate that gets projected in one way that a lot of people have bypassed that accountability and self-responsibility and just being mindful is by um, whitewashing the Jewish identity and experience when it doesn't have to be about whiteness. It could just be as simple as everyone's got lived experiences that reflect the system that is so deeply broken and is global. It is not just in America. It's not just in Israel. It is everywhere on the planet right now. It is in Hawaii. It is everywhere. And I say that because I'm right? So it is everywhere. And... That's really my two cents there. Well, it's, it's, yeah, I think what you're also saying is it's, well, I've been slighted, therefore I can't slight anyone else right. because of my experience. So I'm not being anti-Semitic by saying mm-hmm. this right now because my people have been oppressed. Mm-hmm. Like I can't offend in that way. And even if it's not that nuanced, like I think a lot of people are agreeing, like it's not that simple and I, I'm with them. It's just that in another sense, they oversaturate the American racial view of how this country works and they're literally applying it to people in the Middle East right now. Yeah. Israelis who have lived in the Middle East for years, like even though both are modern, relatively new identities, even though they represent something different and that's okay, that's part of the evolution and the way that we evolve as societies. And that's why I always tell people, I'm like, both have a right to exist. (laughs) You can't yeah. tell someone they don't have a right to exist. Like, that's not how it works. Well, they haven't been here. So, and I'm like, neither of y'all technically. It's about the people in the communities who have lived there to begin with. And there are a lot of Jews who have lived there to begin with. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of to say that they, it, no, I agree with the Zion, or I disagree with Zionism where they think, oh, all Jews are entitled to every piece of that land. Then when a lot of Jews have made peace with their new lives and their new identity and not new identities, like they've integrated interwoven where they're at with who they are and they, they go and they visit there and stuff, but it's just that that's kind of been part of the diaspora experience. Similar with Asians, like being, being a Hapa, right? Like that is very similar, but, and it really sucks because unlike Asians where we actually got those struggles seen, like everyone just shrugs at the Jewish struggle. Everyone's like, well, you know, like y'all are white too. And it's just like, well, I guess skin color, that's color. Well, I mean, (laughs) not all Jews. (laughs) Right. I was like, uh, what Jew are you talking about? Because right. I know some very. Uh, I happen to be a white Jew. Looking. Right. There are millions who aren't. And that goes back to blood quantum, though. Like, you know, just because someone who's Jewish, they, they end up going, for example, having a parent, one parent. I mean, actually, a lot of them do marry into Jewish families, but some people don't. Some people get like aren't originally Jewish, marry into Jew, being Jewish. But regardless, it's just like some Jewish people, like, depending on their family history and their traditions, those things have been shaped by that. And that's what's going to shape their identity, not necessarily what one government's ideal wants, right? Like, and I think Mm -hmm. that's one thing you were trying to say is that you're not really attached to that government's ideal of what it means to be Jewish, right? Like, you're not really attached to that, but you are very much 
shooken up by the message people are sending when they are tearing down hostage posters, when they are calling, oh my God, do not get me started on the memes I've been seeing about comparing Israel to Hitler. I'm like, are y'all out of your mind? Are y'all? Sorry, I'm laughing y'all at are that. Just that's being... just, that's the stupidest thing ever. It's asinine. It's like, what? <laughs> like, it's like, look, yeah, Israel's doing some messed up shit, but yeah. Y'all, yeah. that's a troll. Y'all are trolling the Jewish community at this point. Yeah. Like, y'all are trying to troll them, and it's not cool. Like, yeah, yeah, let me make it very clear. There are things happening right now that Israel is doing that I strongly disagree with. Right. And a lot so, most Jews I mean, do disagree. Yeah. I've heard it. Oh, yeah. That's the thing is, even in a country like Israel, I don't know the exact statistic, but it's pretty evenly split there for the most part between liberals and conservatives. And the lib, mm-hmm. you know, we're just secular liberals. Yep, very opposed to what has been going on in Gaza and the West Bank. And then there are mm-hmm. those who support. Like it's, it's and some not- who are actually naive. Huh? They're being sold. They're be- and then there's some who are being sold an image of fantasy and ex- escape, and you know, welcome back to the motherland, right? Yeah. And people are buying into it innocently, but they don't like. That's actually I have to stress about October seventh is that those attacks. What happened is people have to understand there's a bigger system at play, and that no one deserved what happened on that day, despite the conflict, despite what Israel's doing, and despite the counter, you know people feeling like they have to strike back but that that's so that is such a fragment of the big picture in the sense of that there is a system there that is designed to put tourists and or settlers in or whoever else in harm's way like they're very they're very complacent like the israeli military industrial complex absolutely like i yeah i studied global politics in college so i mean i'm not saying i'm like the expert on this topic but i do know enough about it i guess you mean you didn't learn from tiktok no. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I learned from one of my Jewish professors talked about it. And that's the thing about a lot of academic Jews. A lot of them are so vehemently outspoken about what's going on right now. Like, they're like, no, like, this is a pretext. Like, if we don't speak up soon, it will become what we're saying it is. We have to be ensured that we prevent that from ever happening. And everyone else is making it out to be something that it, again, it's not that they're wrong when they use the word, the G word. It, they're not fully wrong. They just use it without context, without any disclaimer, without any, like I said, a footnote. And it is just, it's become so unproductive at this point. Like people are exhausted and people are like, well, how do you think everyone else feels who are activists? I'm like, no, honestly, activists are bypassing at this point. They want the mm-hmm. attention. They want to get angry for the camera. But when it comes to actually doing the real work, y'all want to tell everyone else to go to do the real work because that's how it works. No, I mean, yeah, everyone has to carry their weight. But the reason y'all get the clout in the platform you do is to do something with that platform. Like, I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. And when you claim to be humanist and pro-human and then you literally are being as anti-Semitic as it gets. Like, it's like, what? So I'm pro. Good. It. If I need to spell it out for everyone right now, well, one, I think NJ and I, we scheduled this before October 7th because I think I wanted to give you oh, yeah. a lot of time to get your predictions together. Yeah. And Thanks. so I, I didn't, oh no, that's okay. I mean, I, yeah. Well, it kind of comes handy out <laughs> what I'm going to say is I didn't come in with an agenda today for it to be like, hey, I'm going to bring NJ on to do predictions and it's going to, everything is going to be about you know, what's going on in the world right now because of how I'm personally affected by it. But a lot of the subtext of what I was saying, of saying, learn your history, this is what I was talking about. Yes. So this is, to me, 
this is my form of activism is mm-hmm. is I don't need to go out there on the platform and gain the following by like getting everyone all rah 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 up because I see a problem as people don't understand their history this is a worldwide problem worldwide mm-hmm. and if we understand history better then maybe we can proceed better into the future so that's why I was yes. like so adamant about this is why nuance is important. This is why context <laughs> right. is important. This is why understanding your history is important. This is why the World War II did not start. I mean, the official start date may have been <gasps> January of 1930, or not January, but may have been 1939. But it started years before that. These things had happened years before because it wasn't right. just. So in all transparency, that's how I was trying to do my part right. as an advocate to spread the message of learn your history, whether that be in support of one side or the other, know what the fuck you're talking about so you can right. understand what you're fighting on behalf of. Because you may mm-hmm. f- realize and figure out, oh, if I had learned what happened a few years before that, <laughs> I may not have been, and I'm not just talking about this conflict right now, I'm talking about anything where if you don't do your due diligence, you may end up looking like a real fucking idiot because if not someone having a harmful impact. Well, yeah, that too. So I, that's mm-hmm. probably more important. Is you know what? No, but that both, is both more important. Is <laughs> the harmful impact that you could be having, and that's what I was doing there in transparency. Still, I, I right. want to be clear. Is I was trying okay. to to use without saying that, but it's like how do we proceed forward? Learn your history. This goes with everything. Learn your history. This is how we move into a better world. Is if you learn yes. your history, if you understand the nuance of topics. I know I'm like a broken record here. I know that's one of my favorite things to say. So, uh-huh. you know, it, it doesn't need to look conventional. Your activism doesn't need to be conventional. This was my activism today. Right. This is how yeah. I see helping the world. This is what I'm going to do with the platform. Not going to put some sexy title on it. You know, Jews versus Palestinians, you know, whatever's going to bring in the clicks. That's all I have to say about that. So I think it, it, we, that that's a happy note to edit on. Right, NJ? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and maybe I think that'd be a great a whole other segment to talk about. Like, yeah, and, we can um, do that it. topic is God. That topic is so, so much, so much that has to be covered on that ground. But yeah, I'll have to do my research first. Well, that's okay. We can always just have a offside conversation. But yeah, you're doing your research and it's always good just to listen to people's perspectives. Like yeah. in my case, like I knew a lot of the factual matters, but I learned that wasn't enough just because this is such a deeply personal matter that I had to start learning on personal levels how to listen to people. Okay, mm-hmm. well, how does this affect you? And then, you know, I listened to those people and they had very valid points and they had very valid histories of their own history, even if it's not what everyone else relates to. So uh, like for Jewish people, right? Like, you know, certain ones who are like, you know, I have, certain connections to Israel and thus and thus, this gets deeply personal. Do not expect me to not be biased. And people are like, well, you are supporting what happened to your ancestors then. And you're like, don't do not throw that in their face. That is so shitty. Like, don't do that. (laughs) But yeah, we can cover that in a whole other segment just because I know just the spiritual space that there's a lot of Jewish people in our community, like our spiritual community. So it's like, you know, it's important that those views get represented, that Palestine struggle gets talked about and that we support their sovereignty but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a lot and back to 2024 it's gonna be a lot and i don't really don't even know what else to 
say now at this point just because we've said so, we've covered so much how ground. about what are your offerings and where can everyone find you yeah, you can find me on Instagram at NJK Astrology. <laughs> like, I was like, actually, I've never, how do I market myself in this case? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram. I kind of love Twitter. Sorry, it's gotten too toxic. Um, threads, TikTok, wherever you want to find me, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. And what are yes. your offerings? I do, and I do like birthday readings. Like um, those are discounted. And then I got, you know, my regular session. And then I have, um, I'm going to start a patron soon. So that should be fun too. And uh, yeah, that's the big ones there. So uh, if I want to support, I always open to that. <laughs> so really quick, do you want to just say what a birthday reading is? Yeah. Well, birthday reading is just, um, you know, all readings of mine, you just get that hour for whatever you want to talk about. If you want me to lead the conversation, fine. If you've got questions, ask away. If there's any topic you want covered, if it gets covered in that span, we'll talk about it. And again, if people aren't familiar, like, I don't know what this entails, just show me. Then usually what I do is I'll start birth chart interpretations. I'll give a horoscope, an outlook, depending on the time frame that you're wanting to know about, because I get very specific. Yeah, that's really the big one there. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I was, I'm still very excited about putting this episode out. This was a lot of fun. I am so twists and turns that I, I didn't know we'd go to places. But yeah, wasn't it fun? It was so much fun. It was like a... So much fun. Oh, yeah, we're doing this again. So oh, yeah. I'm really excited to do this again. Uh, <laughs> and thank you for having me, by the way. Like, this has been a really enriching conversation. I've learned as much from you. So I am you. so grateful Ditto. that you had me on. And just thank you for your time Yay. today, because I know this was a big chunk of time. And Oh, I was, I was, I was preparing for it. I was ready for it. Yeah. This this will be one of those ones where I think people will be excited to have you back on and hear you again. So just thank you for coming Aww, on. And, and I, I always finish all these by saying, yay. Yay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm like that too. Yay. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a session with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com. Hey, time traveler. Are you trying to learn your birth chart and you're struggling through all those confusing layers of signs, houses, planets, degrees, aspects? I have a four-level self-paced course that makes this process so much clearer. Hi, I'm Danny. I'm that witch next door. I'm an instructor and mentor for folks like you that are trying to learn all of this trendy new astrological information for themselves and their own lives. Each level of my course is specifically designed to dive deep into the chart and help make sense of all those different parts and pieces. I developed this course to directly improve all the problems that I personally encountered on my journey to learning my own birth chart so that you don't have to. All of the information is presented in a way that is digestible and set up to promote the most effective retention and set you up for real success. By the end of our last level, you'll be ready to practice interpreting the transits and the aspects for yourself. You can visit thatwitchnextdoor.com slash astrology for more information and to order yours today. You can also use code time to learn for a 10% discount off of your bundle today. This is my way of saying 
Thank you so much for being part of the Timeless Spirituality community. I enjoy working with all of you so much that listen to me over on That Witch Podcast. So don't forget, if you're struggling to learn your birth chart, you want to finally make sense of all of this, visit thatwitchnextdoor.com slash astrology and use code TIME TO LEARN for 10% off at checkout. Thank you so much, time traveler. Thank you, Daniel, the past life regressionist. And I'll see you all in class.